Welcome back to another edition of What Should We Watch with Kenny. I'm Kay. And I'm still E. Oh, hey, look what the cat dragged in. Mom allergic to cats, one. And two, we have a very pouty dog right now. She's a little angry because we have to barricade the microphone stand. And she wants to, of course, be in the middle of everything, which means you would hear her panting and breathing and hitting the microphone stand. So we barricaded it, and now she is giving us evil eye. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She just thinks she would make a better microphone stand. She might. She's like, I could hold that and then walk away with it. Just like playing fetch. Never brings the ball back. But yes, welcome back to uh, Normal Edition. These things are never normal. (laughs) That's true. We want to thank T again for joining us last week, but E is back, and we're back in our normal studio space. I'm back, Is that the right word? Yeah, we're getting a letter from Aerosmith now. (laughs) It's all good. Too late to apologize. Well, we want to thank you all for listening Mm -hmm. to our previous episode, Mm -hmm. and we are now heading on into the next holiday season, but before we go into the holiday season... We wanted to sneak in a little movie here that is not quite a holiday film. Are you kidding? This one is totally a holiday. And you know what? This is the first time on our show we didn't previously mention what we were going to watch. Yeah. So you might not know, except for it's probably in the title of and this episode. Picture, so. <laughs> Oops. Oopsie. Eve, what did we watch? Well, we went to the cinema and decided to watch. Dun, 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 dun. The Adams Family. Yes. (laughs) No, Terminator Dark Fate just came out. Saw the previews back in the summer. I want to say the previews came out. Mm -hmm. Sarah Connor is back. Linda Hamilton. She is Sarah um, Connor. We did uh, a weekend when we first got married. We watched a bunch of movies all in a row. We watched all the Terminator movies. At that point, Terminator 1, 2, and 3. And Salvation, and Terminator Salvation. Salvation. So we watched them all in a weekend. And, I mean, the first two are Terminator. The other ones I mean, are... T2 is T2's probably one of my favorite best. films yeah. of all time. Um, So we decided to... Well, I decided that I want to go see the new one. So at this point, if you have not seen Terminator Dark Fate and or you are planning on it, go ahead and pause us because we're going to jump right into the peanut gallery this week. And dive right into our analysis, very thoughtful and whatnot, of the movie. So, of course, spoilers are just around the corner. If you want to pause it, run to your local cinema and watch the movie. And then when you get in the car, we'll be here to talk about it with you. And I mean, you have been warned. There will be a spoiler. We will announce a spoiler as soon as we're back. We'd be back. That quote was just begging for me to say it. It was. Mm. All right, and we're back. They killed John Connor. Got it done and over with. Pulled the bandaid off. Pulled the bandaid off real fast. They killed John Connor. So the movie begins with a sequence that was from T2, Judgment Day. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was in the original movie. Mm -hmm. It's been a while since I've seen that movie, but, you know, it, it pretty much picks up with the idea of we're coming right after T2. And age is completely and utterly just a number when it comes to CGI in Hollywood because the following sequence is how they killed John Connor. So Sarah and John are in Guatemala. Judgment Day was saved. They've restarted their lives. 
They're in this open-air cabana kind of bar restaurant, and the Terminator just comes out of nowhere. Which, first of all, wouldn't somebody question a fully clothed man walking around like that with a leather jacket yeah. and sunglasses and boots on the beach? Like, wouldn't they be like, that's a little suspicious? Right. Wouldn't they be like, oh, look, there's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, no big deal. <laughs> but no, they looked amazing in that shot. All of them did. You couldn't tell they were CGI at all. And you told me that on the way back from the theater, you were telling me how they actually got the actors themselves, like Edward Furlong, who played young John Connor in Judgment Day and Linda Hamilton mm-hmm. and Arnold. They actually had them walking in for those CGI characters. Yeah, to... so they can kind of get like the body movements down and everything. But it looked Yeah, especially amazing. Edward Furlong, when he turns around... And mm-hmm. when I saw his face, I was like, dang, that looks like kid version him. Like they almost recorded this several years ago. And same thing with Linda Hamilton. It looks just like mm-hmm. younger her. But I do question. So the Terminator comes and completes his mission by killing John Connor. But would Sarah really turn her back on the door? Like the whole thing is she had her, well, there was no door. It was an open air like bar in Havana. But she had her back to the entrance. And yeah. that was kind of like that. Mm. It doesn't seem like her a whole lot. But did this take place right after Judgment Day? So there had been no other Terminator sent. So maybe she thought like it was all over. Everything was fine. I don't know. As soon as she starts seeing him, you see her, the expression on her face start changing. Like, oh, no. Yeah, it was sad. But yeah, they, they, they just... Psh- He's done. Forget everything you knew about the other movies, which this movie mm-hmm. was meant to pick up right after T2. So, yeah, they were just like, oh, you want a new Terminator? John's dead. Forget everything. Everything is wiped clean. I wonder if this is James Cameron's intent from the beginning. Like, if he always planned on killing John, or if he was just so mad with what they did with the franchise, he's like, you know what? <laughs> done. I mean, for everyone who doesn't know, which... If you know anything about this movie, probably the most publicized thing besides Linda Hamilton was back as Sarah Connor was that James Cameron was coming back to be part of this film. Mm -hmm. Uh, Did he produce it? Was that it? I believe he produced and he uh, wrote it. Wrote, yeah, wrote it. So, yeah, I do almost wonder if this was kind of his plan for the franchise, like what direction it's going to be going. And the CGI at the beginning, it's such a great reintroduction of like, look at this amazing thing we're doing with technology. Oh, yeah, it's me, James Cameron. I'm back, the guy who mm-hmm. gave you the T-1000 and Titanic, all these amazing, amazing works with CGI. Amazing. amazing. <laughs> it was absolutely stunning to see him back and the use of all his special effects mm-hmm. in this movie. So it's an action movie. It's a Terminator movie. You're not going to go see this to see Oscar-winning performances. Although I will, sidebar, when eventually you do see the T-800, which is Schwarzenegger, we both commented on the fact that he opened his mouth and I was like, wait a second, Arnie is such a good actor now. I don't buy him as a robot anymore. Yeah, his acting has improved so much over the years. It has. I'll make a post about this, yeah. but you should all go back and look at one of his first films. Is that like Little Hercules? Yeah. Or ah, Hercules, Hercules I, in New York. It is fantastic. I'll put up a clip online oh, so you all can hard. see it on Twitter. We should watch that movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. Let's watch that one next. Yeah, I, I felt like his acting in this... It kind of threw me off because it was so good and he pulled at my heartstrings. But when he would say things computerized, it would make me think, oh, yeah, he's the T-800. But it was just like, so what I was trying to say, and we'll get back, we'll get back to the 
updated T-800 named Carl. Um, but what Spoiler. I was... I was trying to say, they know they're spoilers. Oh, yeah, that's right. We already mentioned Der-der. that. We just said they killed John Connor. Now, if you're listening to this in public, that's rude. Put your <laughs> headphones in. Right. What I was trying to say was that there's these action, it's an action movie, so you're not going to go see Oscar-worthy performances, which, you know, Arnie a little, like Arnold, not Oscar winning, but like that's an Oscar winning for him. It was good. Do you think the Academy has ever been just threatened by Arnold, who's just like, <laughs> what do you think about my performance? They're like, all the Oscars, here you go. <laughs> I doubt it. But it's, it's to me, the movie, and it's not, maybe it's a criticism of the genre, but in a way, it was just almost like a film student. Like, I'm going to make an action movie. How many action movie tropes can I put in? The whole, like, I will admit the whole scene where they're setting up the main character was rather dull. When you meet mm-hmm. her and her brother and her father, you meet Danielle's family. And they give you that little tease when they go to the factory and his state, the brother's station mm-hmm. is being manned by one of those armed robot. robots. Yeah. And so he's being laid off because the robot's not doing his job. That whole part was like, well, this is boring. And then all of a sudden I was like, Boom! Explosions! Car chase! And then we have a helicopter fight and helicopters and drones crashing and people running and things exploding and we're gonna shoot this and flamethrowers and grenades and then we're gonna have dueling planes in the air and plane, like, dog... Not even dog fighting. They were just, like, rear-ending. Yeah. Know, like, fender benders in the air and then we have the Humvee falling through the fender sky. in the air. <laughs> like at one point it was like oh my god I'm i just picture people in parachutes in getting out of the these. planes like walking like scrubbing each other the back of their heads like uh like do you want to call the cops or you just want to like exchange phone numbers how do you want to handle this sorry keep going well i'm glad all i have to say is i'm glad we did not see this movie in imax because i think it would have been sensory overload because it mm-hmm. was just I mean, it was a good, it's an action movie. So it was a good action movie. And the CGI, like you said, was amazing in it. But holy Batman. Whew, give a girl a break. I can't breathe. This movie did have a lot of the nods to the previous movies in the franchise, such as the music. It was playing the... And then also, of course, the Terminator classic sound the dun, 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 that drum they noise. didn't play it that much which i think was good yeah <laughs> exactly i think it I think it could have been overdone and they also too you had mentioned like the sound effects in this movie when was it there was something specific that the t-800 did where oh when he smacked his knee back into place yeah <laughs> and it made that like very metallic sounding chunk noise that was a Quick little throwback to the previous movies. Mm -hmm. Although I will say that I felt like this is a very feminist perspective Terminator. Mm -hmm. Don't you? Mm -hmm. I mean, Arnold was only in maybe the last half an hour. Yeah. It took a while for him to actually get into this movie. And we were introduced to kind of, it was the equivalent of what Arnold's character was in Judgment Day, but it was somewhat different. The character Grace she, instead of being a machine entirely, she was an augmented human. And let's just take a moment and marvel at human nature at its finest. That woman is on Amazon. Yeah, she's incredibly tall. She's incredibly tall. But she does the uh, electricity ball landing 
Yeah. Could they have taught? So she lands on the bridge, but she falls through the bridge. Yeah. And then like ping pongs through the bridge. And there's these two people that like try to help her. And then there's like the scene where she does the quintessential beat up people and then steal somebody's clothes and car. Which, Which I, think, the, I like how she walks up to the dude and just puts her foot next to his foot. And it's like, don't and it looks me kind of, Yeah, it looks kind of intimidating, but it's just to measure up, which is another callback to the previous movies, the somebody stealing someone's boots. Yes, well, they're naked. I understand the clothes can't go, but couldn't you have prepped Grace a little bit more to stick the landing? Well, I think that was her fault because there's going to be a deleted scene out on the future blu-ray oh yeah that is gonna show her in the classes in the future and she's gonna be like zoned out looking out the window watching a little metallic machine bird flying by and they're gonna be like grace grace did you hear anything what we said about the superhero cliche kneel dive oh yeah 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 i got that are you sure well first of all no 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 no. don't blame her they stuck her on the bridge but instead of getting her on the bridge it was under like through the bridge she went through so yeah. i blame S- somebody got fired in somebody the future got mission control somebody's going downhill but then you know she comes in and just in a blaze of naked glory beats the crap out of a bunch of people a bunch of cops it was hilarious um <laughs> steals clothes as you know anybody from the future should and then on the flip side the rev nine comes in he sticks his landing he sticks his landing he also ruins the the laundry do you notice it got cold when he came in yeah i wonder what science was behind that i i don't get their landing thing from all the movies was there always cold and definitely in this one didn't the people notice all the electricity running across the road in the middle of the apartment they just kept running right yeah People were just like, hmm, that's now, not normal. Now, he stuck the landing because his ball of electricity was in the air, and then he shoop. Because machines versus humans sent him, so more efficient. Oh, naturally. Mm-hmm. But going back to this idea of, like, a feminist Terminator, even when we meet Danny, she's taking care of her dad, telling us to go to the doctor. She, like, wakes her brother up. And when I found out how old her brother was, I was like, girl, please, that is a grown boy child in that room if he can't get up on his own mm-mm, honey boo boo no mm-hmm. she gets some lunches she gets some breakfast and i was like oh man this this girl like um this this woman you know taking care of these gross men so they they write that pretty quick they kill them off mm-hmm. they're all dead i was like thank god they killed the brother off because he's trying to be a singer and they're like alluding to him wanting to be a YouTube star. And he's like kind of singing. And I was like, oh God, please. He is so annoying. I have nothing to do with him. So they kill all of her men and her life off. Within 15 minutes Within of the movie 15 minutes, starting. You know, they all die. And then we meet Grace and she's back kicking the Rev 9's butt in the uh, car factory. And yeah. And like talk about the head trauma that he suffered <laughs> just in the beginning. So if you don't know, if you haven't seen this movie yet. There's quite a bit of head trauma in this movie, particularly even with just the Rev-9 receiving the head trauma, how many times they bashed his head in. So let's go ahead and just run the counter just to collect all these. I think it's smoking case. Should we, like... I know we're not done, but... Oh, shoot, put it out, put it out, ah! put it out. Ah! Okay, we're good. We're going to have to get a new counter. Good fully work, by the way, on the... You're welcome. <laughs> but definitely. And then, of course, you know, Sarah Connor comes back. And it's just these 
three bad women for the majority of the movie getting done. Mm-hmm. It was definitely, I feel like there is a feminist dissertation somewhere out there on how they attempted to be feminist in this movie or the fact that these women were doing and making decisions for themselves. And even just Danny being the savior in the end. <sighs> Can we talk about when Sarah shows up for the first time? Yes. So it's after the big chase scene, which what kind of truck was the Rev 9 driving? Have you ever seen a dump truck with a plow on it before? Oh, yeah. How convenient. I mean, in Ohio and for all you listeners oh, up in Canada, that's duh. like every truck. <laughs> How else do you think we got around duh. in Ohio? But Sarah Connor makes a grand entrance and they did the cliche. The car drifts in, the door opens up, and they pan to the low shot, and just the, her foot comes down, and they, I was like, please do it, please do it. They do the bone chilling. It was so epic, and she just like slow-mo, pure bad, just like boom, 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 shooting everybody. Which starts, she just rips apart the Rev-9, mm -hmm. which his little added bonus in this movie is he has like the skeleton the typical terminator looking skeleton but his skin the little goo that's on him that makes up the human it can totally come off so there's pretty much at all times two terminators mm -hmm. somewhat coming after him that can combine into one thing i know i was wondering how they were gonna make this latest the rev 9 terminator interesting like mm -hmm. what, what was gonna be like the twist and they found it all right, before we continue with the story of Dark Fate here, let's hear from our resident model, Stefan the Model. So take it away, Stefan. So oh, thank you, okay, for once again having me. Hello, everyone. It is I, Stefan the Model. How are you doing, E? I missed you so much last time. Oh, I'm doing very model. Thanks for asking. Oh, you are using my verb adjective noun. Thank you very much for doing that. I'm glad to hear that. Anyway, I am here today to talk to you about the fashion from the future. That is the fashion of the Rev9 model. Ooh, I'm not talking funny. about the octopusy version. Oops, sorry about my language there. That was a James Bond reference. I was talking more about the outfit that he wears, the fabulous Gabriel Luna. Oh, it is so model, especially wearing that flannel shirt. Mm. So whenever you're going out for a special event, be sure to wear yourself a famous movie actor. Particularly, start the night by going with naked model and then just create a flannel shirt to go over top. And if it doesn't work for any situation, you can just change into something else. Perhaps your um, praised father or uh, anyone else who might help you pursue your prey. Uh, I don't know what you're doing out on the town pursuing prey, but hey, at least you will do it with fashion. So that is your fashion tip of the day. Also, I noticed that the Rev-9 had flame-resistant suits on the whole time. Oh, you heard it here first, ladies and gents. So model. All right, I will see you all next time. Toodaloo! Who'd Stefan cover this time? The Rev 9. Yeah, because he can make his own clothes. He's very efficient. Oh, uh, okay. Mm -hmm. Okay.
not what I would pick, but I guess we're different people. Well, I guess you're not the model. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So let's get back into some story here. Now that we're, we're introduced to all of our female characters, would you say, E, do you have a favorite of these three female roles here? Ooh. Well, we'll add we'll add Arnie into there too. Carl's it's character that comes be, in later. So would you have be a favorite? Sarah. You would say Sarah? Because Grace is the pure driven soldier. She has a mission. She has to complete it. Mm -hmm. Danny's like, so why is this happening to me? I would say my favorite has to be Sarah. Yeah, and I would say I really enjoyed Grace's character. Mm -hmm. Like Danny's character is kind of like Sarah was in the first one. She kind of didn't know what was going on yeah. and was somewhat just kind of following the action. But Grace was, she had this Master Chief, which is a Halo reference, which uh, you got, of course. But she was this super soldier sort of person. It was just super cool. And like, I loved Carl and Arnie's character and mm -hmm. he made me feel all the feels. But I thought, yeah, Sarah Connor, oh, she's so awesome too. Yeah, it's, I, I don't know hard. if I could pick a favorite. But we can't undercut Danielle or Danny because she does have this wonderful arc. They're saying, oh, you're the new Sarah. You're going to give birth to the leader of the resistance. What does Sarah say? She's like, they're not afraid of you. They're afraid of your womb. Hashtag Sarah Connor for president. Yeah. The uh, What was the other thing? She said the. Let somebody uh, else I'll, be the Mother Mary. Yeah. Now. that was, Yeah. <laughs> let somebody else be Mother Mary for a while. Oh my gosh. I wonder if in a way that was hard for her because mm -hmm. she was that person. I mean, I don't think she wants to wish that on anyone, but especially when it was, you know, she gave birth to the leader of the resistance and then now we have Danny and we think she's going to give birth to the next leader of the next resistance and then to find out that it's not Danny's child, it's actually her. Yeah, that I wonder if Sarah did feel weird about that, as well as just almost entirely being replaced, but not only being replaced, but the idea that Sarah didn't end up leading them. It was John who ended up leading them, but this Danny character ends up being kind of superior to her, which I don't I don't think she cares about that. I feel like they do set up this tension a little bit that Sarah points out like she just feels bad for her because she, she is her. her. Yeah. yeah. But they do kind of make her out to possibly have this tension that Grace somewhat points out that you're not really as important as you think you are anymore. Mm -hmm. It's Danny is the important one. Mm -hmm. Which is interesting. Also, what you pointed out about your son and then they're like, nope. Like talk about being feminist. It's not about your son. It's not about your womb. Although that little line was perfect about fearing the womb. It was about yeah. you actually doing it. And in a way, getting it back on this feminist perspective, they really did erase the whole importance of John. Yeah, the only one who recognized John as somebody significant other than Sarah is the T-800, yeah. who was the one who killed him. Right. But the reasoning is for that was, let's talk timelines now. Oh, hold on. Everybody take a deep breath. Grab a cocktail. I feel <laughs> like the car. I feel like when we were leaving the theater, I felt like a little bit of a crazy person trying to figure out this timeline mm -hmm. because I I think I got it figured out. So Sarah stopped Judgment Day and she stopped Skynet from coming into being. Legion as a company came into being and started making machines and AI that ended up taking mm -hmm. over the world. And they started sending all these terminators out taking out people 
and then they sent back some people to possibly take out John Connor. They maybe sent T-800s to send back to... But doesn't... Wait, what? How else were the T-800s? Why else were there other Terminators being sent back that Sarah Connor was pursuing? Wait, no, they were after Danny. Well, were... Well, the... Like the T eight hundred that killed John. Like who sent that? Did like did Arnold say it all? Did his character say it all that he was from Skynet or I Legion? I thought he was because he didn't recognize Legion. Oh, that's right. Shoot. Oh, my theory's out the door my then. It hurts. <laughs> but I don't. Hurt. When Grace has that flashback or flash forward to the future, mm-hmm. you get to see Legion has taken over, very similar to what Skynet has. And if, they have the Doc Ock kind of looking yeah, those Terminators. Are Although, if they're a different company, is there? So it's a brand new company, but yet all the Terminators look similar to the ones that Skynet produced. So are they just saying that all artificial intelligence will come up with the same algorithm to create machines to wipe us out? Yes. So should we shut off the Alexa in the other room? Probably. I I feel like at this point with the future, these movies. It's so alarming to watch these movies because it's very obvious that the whole point of the Terminator movies is to say, let's fear what we're doing with technology because we're making it so automated that eventually it will control us. So what do we do? We make something like Alexa that's sitting in our house that can think about specific things that we either say or possibly or even no, just the other day it asked about. me if it wanted to do voice recognition. Yeah, no. Nope. <laughs> We've overridden your voice recognition. Launch security codes. All your passwords are out on the internet now. We've become a conspiracy podcast now. We've left movie podcasts and now we're into conspiracy theory. Because I wouldn't be super surprised if somebody came up to the, from the future, grabbed me and say, come with me if you want to live. Which she didn't say that. She said, Grace? come with me. Grace, Grace said. Mm-hmm. She said, come with me if you don't want to die in the next 30 seconds. Nice little It's almost tweak. like they were handing the audience the cheap plug and they just like pulled it back really quick. Yeah, nice like move. teasing foreplay. Mm-hmm. You know what? That really is like, what is more than foreplay than nostalgia? <laughs> like, ooh, you like Care Bears. Hmm, here's some Care Bear stuff. Mm. I don't know why I'd pick Care Bears. I, don't know. I feel really the Care Bears. <laughs> I'm not, <laughs> not doing that. Let's clear things up. If anything, it's the Gummy Bears, but... <laughs> Ew, it's sticky. <laughs> but I think the most important thing, here is a lesson and our tip for watching this Terminator movie and any Terminator movie. Take any chronological, sensical, timeline-orienting aspect of your brain and just chop it out and throw it away before you watch the movie. Yes, and if you- anybody comes from the future saying that there's this company called Amazon that takes over everything, just don't be surprised. It's going to happen. This movie is telling us about our future. Even though they are all like, ooh, we can make super soldiers and Terminators and these machines got so smart they took over, Grace had a major design flaw where her like metabolism, I don't understand this. Her metabolism, it was, wait, this is really confusing now. I'm thinking about it. God, Terminator, you're making my head hurt. So she's like, this is all the plan of ah! Skynet. Oh. <laughs> or Legion. Oh. <laughs> Or Amazon. What if in like another one it's like Legion's actually Skynet and Sarah's like, no. Anyway. <laughs> no. So I don't understand. So her design flaw is like her metabolism 
short circuits and she like starts tweaking out and like getting all freaky deaky and they have to go rob this poor pharmacy for like all these drugs and stuff and you know her insurance her prescription is a gun my question is there's a design flaw because she said do you remember this my metabolism runs very fast and high because if you're gonna kill a terminator you have to do it in the first try or you don't get it so that's why she was saying she was like coding out but does that mean she was only built to kill the terminator and then she was gonna die yeah how does that work that's true she was she's basically pointing off she's kind of like a time bomb that really has no longevity yeah that's not a really good system I don't know. It's just it's like, wouldn't you think about maybe making a better augmented soldier? And like the list of drugs she had was like all the drugs. And methinks in the future, it might be a little bit hard in that post-apocalyptic world to come across all those different drugs and add them yeah. together. So how does that work out? Plus she takes, what is she like, Heisenberg it? And yeah, her and Jesse make it in that RV. Right? Because then it, she gets all these pills. And she I like when uh, Jesse comes out and he's like, yeah, augmentation. But it was just this weird moment where it's like, I realize now that she has these syringes filled with this cocktail of drugs, but majority of the drugs she got were pills. So you're running away from the Rev-9, you just happen to have time mm -hmm. to make yourself a drug cocktail. Yeah, as you do. So let's talk about Sarah Connor a little bit more. Let's move away from Grace and mm -hmm. talk about Sarah Connor's coolness because she gives me a lot of Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker vibes from The Last Jedi, which... Initially, I was kind of like, I don't know how I feel about how this is going to end, but it was in a good light. You know, she helps Grace and Danny, and she kind of like takes them in. Grace is questioning Sarah, and she gives off this resume about, I've been hunting Terminators, I drink till I black out, da-da-da-da, and then she just like leans back like a badass and goes, is that a good enough resume for you? Just everything she does in this movie is so cool. Even down to how she provide security for her phone by putting it in a, a chip, chip bag. bag which i was looking up on the internet they actually proved that works really i i was thinking about doing that before we recorded too was looking that up i'm glad you did because <laughs> the idea that was I a big guess, question i had i guess this uh employee he worked for this company and he wanted to golf but the phone was his company's phone so he put his phone in a chip bag and go golfing and they couldn't track him genius i know so Sarah Connor is also a genius, storing her phone in a chip bag. And I love the comment she makes where she's like, I've had my own episode of America's Most Wanted. Nice. So they're going to head on out and they find out that they have similar backup plans, which is if they don't know what to do and they're in a bad situation, they're supposed to go to these coordinates they were given to locate the person who's been texting Sarah about all the terminators. About all the terminators that land so she could destroy them as soon as they come. And that's how Sarah found them in the first place was this anonymous texter sent her the message. And what did the text say at the end? It said, for John. Yes. Oh, powerful stuff. Before we start talking about the next scene, let's go hear a quick word from another podcast friend over at Pod Nation. Hello. Ahoy. My name is Adam. And I'm Nick. And we are the hosts of Bottom of the Stream which is a weekly podcast searching for hidden gems at the bottom of Netflix. We're looking to find some great films 
which you may not have heard of, because there's a lot of weird stuff on Netflix. Yeah. On the way, we're finding a lot of bad films. But we're having fun. We're always having fun. So come and join us. Come aboard as we sail the Netflix stream. Hop on the podcast boat. <laughs> come and find us at bottomofthestream.com or on any good podcast app. So that was Bottom of the Stream podcast from Pod Nation here. Check them out on Podchaser or wherever you listen out to podcasts. I was checking them out this week as part of our pod raid, and they have some great episodes. I listened about their episode of movie on Netflix, Hush, um, which I really want to watch after listening to their episode mm -hmm. because I love suspense horror such as that movie, and they really got me into it just hearing them. They're a great, enjoyable podcast. Check them out today. Oh, it a scary movie? Oh, it was very I scary. I don't know what a scary movie is. So the girls... Ah, no, they're not girls. They're women. So In the fact, women... one of them isn't really all woman. So the augmented woman and other women. Yes. And Sarah Connor. Sarah Connor is a class She's a beast. They have to journey from Guatemala. They have to get back in the United States, which is an easy journey. They're in Mexico City. Oh, yeah. They're in Mexico City. So they have to get from Mexico City to the United States. No big deal. They're, that's Laredo. an easy transit in the, these days, which did you notice that had a lot of political undertones yeah, during that scene? Yeah, it's a little political about crossing the border and border control and all of that. Yeah, which... It's kind of scary, the things that they had to go through, all the military presence, and then when they were arrested, them going to the facility. I did, speaking of that scene, I did love when the Rev-9 made the drone dive bomb and try to take her out right mm. there and then. I love how Grace busted out of her restraints because she's super strong, so the little zip tie <laughs> restraints that they put on people nowadays... That's nothing to her. So she's playing along with them and like, yeah, we'll just get arrested, I suppose. But then when she sees that, she busts out and she dives after, tries to save them. If she's a super soldier, why didn't she just take all the border control people out? I don't think she could have even taken out all of them. There was a lot of them. And oh, it seems like she considered it. But they end up going into the prison. And when they say that line that they're not prisoners, they're, they're detainees, detainees, that was a big political line here that is when the rev nine showed up at the detention center and he did a lot of really cool things and oh this this was the part where he starts kind of just having things work out for him here. yeah it was just like kind of serendipitous like like he has to check his gun or whatever which is no big deal but then he goes through security he's like watch out fellas it's gonna beep well no it's gonna beep you are a terminator and they didn't send him back through the scanner. He was like, hey, I just got a metal hip. Yep, you're good then. Move on. And so he's looking around and luckily Grace had woken up from her explosive coma and she is trying to find Danny and Sarah. And Sarah got herself into a little trouble because she's recognized, apparently from her episode of America's Most Wanted. Mm -hmm. And that was a really cool scene where they start busting out of the prison where Grace gets down to Danny first and she gets to her before the uh, Rev-9 does, and he sees them, but they're a little bit further ahead, and it's really cool, like, when he jumps up yeah. over the fence area. He didn't and... jump up over the fence. He jumps up through the top yes. of the fence. That was neat. Like, and Loop. also when all the guards just start tackling him, I love how he just has all those spikes just coming out at different angles, just taking out different guards as they're trying Which to pull him down. Which was really confusing because obviously Grace and then Sarah, who just whips 
with handcuffs on. Mm-hmm. Love her. Escape. They escape in a helicopter. And then the Rev 9 couldn't get a helicopter. So he just like walks up calmly to another guy and was like, oh, do you see the, the mess that they made in there? A detainee got out and started havoc. Hey, can I get a helicopter, by the way? Um, first and foremost, couldn't they look at the security footage and see you porcupining all those people in there? Like, how did he get away with that? Right? So after yet another chase scene, they end up getting away and heading over. Do you notice how the chase scenes are getting bigger and bigger? (laughs) Right. This one wasn't action-packed because they never met up with each other. He was just pursuing them still. Um, because they landed the helicopter planes trains and automobiles at the location that both grace and sarah had to find the person that could help them and when they go to the door you see answering the door wait a second now i'm even more confused because this movie (laughs) so grace has the coordinates tattooed on her uh-huh. told to go if something goes south go here this this person can help you mm-hmm. sarah is getting text messages from that location spoiler it's arnie it's the t-800 it is the terminator who's at this location but didn't he say skynet sent him so yes. how does legion know or how did the survivors know that there's a T-800 just chilling in Laredo, Texas. All right, let's go back to my drawing board here. Okay, so the T-800 was sent by Skynet from an alternate timeline that Sarah altered and no longer exists. So he is abandoned, and that's why he's there in the first place is because he has nobody to retrieve him, and he's just stuck in that timeline. So he gets a new existence, and since he's essentially immortal reason to believe he goes on being helpful even during the time that legion takes over in the future so that's why danny tells grace look for these coordinates this guy could help you because that's somebody who also understands this world even though it's not the same world but he dies in the end of this movie so he didn't make it to the legion time why do i even have this drawing board Oh, gosh. (laughs) Roll credits. Wait, maybe we can change that before the end of the podcast. So when they open up the door, and I think this was one of the scenes they showed before the movie came out, where as he's walking through the doorway, it's supposed to replicate the beginning scene and even all the other scenes, like when Sarah is first pursued by the Terminator in the bar in the first Terminator movie. Isn't it in slow motion? Yeah. And that's I think that's another cool little callback here because sarah you see her eyes once again go wait a second you're the one you're the one that killed john and luckily grace stopped sarah from blasting his head off which i don't know if that would have actually worked and you find out this t-800 all this time after he's killed john has had no other assignment no other purpose from skynet because skynet is no more so he ends up just trying to live in this conscience. world. He grows a conscience. <laughs> He's such a good host, though. Got he is an weird. excellent host. And Sarah is a horrible guest because she plugs him with those three bullet holes. I, I love how he responded to that situation because mm. I've done this a mm. few times. Like, not necessarily somebody shot three holes in me and I 
decided to act cool and hide those bullet holes from you when you came home. But you know what I'm talking about? How he's just yeah. like, oh, Alicia would be very upset about this or... Yeah. It would be hard to explain this to Alicia. We have to explain. So he had no other missions and he ended up... Wait, so then how did he grow conscience so fast? Because when you have a mission, you're just wandering around and he met Alicia. Alicia. And her son, Mateo. Mateo. And he basically like took them in as a family because she was married to... Or not married, but she was with somebody who was abusive and trying to, basically wanted to kill Mateo. So he probably terminated the guy and dun, 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 stepped dun, dun, dun. in and took care of them so how quickly did that all happen ah the next weekend which what did you say about this you wanted a uh, terminator movie about this that's a terminator movie i want to see mm-hmm. terminator gets a heart and a family well it had to be a single so it's terminator gets a family <laughs> instead of like dark fate or something heart family heart family <laughs> Dinner's ready. We need to put your clothes away. All right, it is time to talk to you about the birds and the bees. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so he has like this sweet little existence in the woods. It's just so weird. And he's this guy named Carl who works in drapes. And they have this little sequence where they do some training for Danny. And then Sarah points out, we have to come up with this plan where we have to use Danny as bait, make a kill box. Right. So they decide that they need to leave that location. Arnie sends away his family because he knows probably the Terminator is going to come to that location. He doesn't want his new family to die. So he sends them off. Oh, and did you notice the scene when they're talking about using Danny as bait? Arnold's sitting there with that dog right up against him and for anybody who doesn't know in the Terminator franchise they point this out in the first movie it shows in the future they have those dogs that anytime a Terminator comes around because they're able to disguise themselves as humans dogs just go crazy Mm -hmm. so what's cool about that is it shows that he is now more recognizable as a human than he is as a machine and that's apparent because the dog isn't freaking out around him. The dog wants to stand right next to him. Of course, they have another... Like, James Cameron, I would hate to have sex with him because his foreplay is just a bunch of teasing. Mm. When he goes to pick up the Terminator glasses because he puts on his oh, leather yeah. jacket. And then the Terminator, the T-800, goes to pick up his sunglasses. Which, fun fact, those were the actual prop from Judgment Day. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, he looks at them and then's like, nah, not going to do that. That would be a cheap ploy. Plus, now I have such range in my... I, I don't... I can't do Arnold's. I'll do it for you. He has such a range in his acting. You don't want to cover those soulful eyes. I, I, I was talking to you about the Arnold accent. A lot of people want to do this and just want to do angry, total recall, Arnold. But when you do Arnold, you have to be much more chill. He's just a very relaxed guy, you mm-hmm. know? I do. Yeah. So part of their plan is they decide to get some heavy-duty military artisanal chickens. Uh, Wait, is it really heavy-duty? What did they get? They, the EMP grenades that they wanted to use to take out the Rev-9. So they get those from a dude, which that military guy, like, what does Sarah Connor have on him that he just hands that stuff over? That's very curious. Like, that doesn't make any sense. 
But when they get that, the Rev-9 catches up with them and they start a big pursue scene, which gets them on an airplane for some reason. Oh my gosh, the scene. Physics out the window. So I don't know if you're catching on, but I really enjoyed this movie. But I would have to say I did not like this scene at all because because it was so dizzying and you couldn't Mm -hmm. really tell what was going on and it just really didn't make sense. Now, when they started, when they just had the carrier open and they had the quick little battle between the T-800 and the Red 9 there on the landing pad, Mm -hmm. but that was cool. But I didn't like when they were flying around when the ship was when they had the fender bender in space. Yeah, and they're cascading towards the ground here, and they just continue to fight. There's a lot going on. I guess there was some cool bits, but it was just too much. There was just this huge cacophony of noise and action going on. Well, the scene that happened shortly there and after stressed me out was they get into the humvee and they are at a dam so they watch the, your language i'm gonna have to bleep that out <laughs> so the plane explodes because guess what kiddos if you have a fender bender in the air it doesn't end well you just can't pull off to the side and wait for the cop <laughs> call your insurance agents no the whole plane rips apart so they get into the humvee that you know and they did a good job there was a point where grace mentions like Almost in, in, in anticipation of, well, how do they know? Grace is like, if anything happens, we get into the Humvee because they're uh, prepared to parachute out of here. And then they parachuted out of the Humvee. Well, they get stuck. In the Humvee. In the Humvee. Under the water. Underwater. And as soon as the Humvee like plummets into the water, and they're at the bottom of the dam and it's like rushing water i was like oh my god they're trapped it was like titanic all over again no titanic didn't bother me really because titanic was like water was filling inside the vessel they were completely enclosed inside of the humvee for a while which mr rev (laughs) nine if you were smart there were several moments throughout this movie in which you could have just allowed danny to kill herself this was a prime moment so they're in a Humvee, they're underwater, they're trapped. If the Rev-9 was smart, all he would have done was like, kind of like swam up on them and then been like, oh, they're going to run out of oxygen. Cool. And just sit there and watch as he- she dies. Mission accomplished. Right. He could just sit on top of the car. Do-do-do. Maybe poke a little hole in Yeah, just like keep a his head over like, I'm still here. Oh, I said I said it twice. Oh. Sorry. What am I going to do about that? Better not say it one more time. He could have just, movie could have been over. He could have completed his mission. Mm-hmm. Had a coffee break. Let <laughs> life sort itself out. You know, it was, even though Arnie, the T, Carl, Drapery, Carl. Terminator, got a conscience, which maybe that's why they had to give him a conscience because he's a better actor. <laughs> but even though he is kind of the softer, more gentle Terminator, he throws down, mm-hmm. right? That underwater fight scene between him and the Rev-9 when they just like fell out of the plane and yeah. all of that. But you had pointed out that, of course, they, oh, oh that, that Humvee scene, just the Hummer, ugh, it just freaked me out when they're underwater. And they escape and the Rev-9 isn't good at swimming and he gets swept away and they manage to surface quick enough so they don't drown and... Then, of course, lo and behold, Super Soldier Grace, she starts, like, coding out again. Mm-hmm. And that's when, you Arnold know. shows up with 
just the one arm. That's such yeah. a Terminator cliche thing, too. He lost an arm. Because that yeah. happens definitely in the first one. Because when the Terminator at the end is reaching for Sarah Connor, he's just got one arm left at that point, doesn't oh, he? Oh, yeah, it's just like he's crawling. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then in the second one, he just has one arm left in that, too, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he loses his arm. Because he's going down into the thing. That's when he gives the thumbs up. But, yeah, we see carl and he's all beaten up and he looks at sarah connor or he says to grace he says to her you look awful well, she's like, at least i have half my face because he's showing off his little terminator eye and he pulls out of his pocket some medicine for her and that made me say to you wow like what's with hollywood's pockets they got some deep pockets that apparently they have the best pockets ever and let me tell you like it's near impossible to hold something that long in your pocket like even a pen a pen in your pocket he that thing would spill syringes. out like as soon as you slightly bent over he pulls out that syringe not to mention he said you left these on the plane yeah how did he grab them on the plane when it was ripped open and he was like space fighting i think that was the whole point of the chaos of that scene was to make it so you could not even fight james cameron on this this wasn't going to be another door in the middle of the atlantic situation <laughs> you cannot slow that scene down enough to say like whether or not he grabbed it you just he didn't he grabbed it then <sighs> yeah but of course they get her all fixed up which leads us to the big epic final battle scene which stressed me out. They're like in this dam, in the, the basement of the dam, and they're fighting, and Grace has like that hook, and she's going to... I love the noise that makes oh, and how hard so... she's swinging that. Don't do that action. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, the people at home couldn't see that. So people at home, I yeah, don't made describe a circular it. motion with my wrist. He made a very back and forth... Linear. Quick, <laughs> linear movement. Paint that picture in your head. Please don't. That's a different noise that comes out of that action. Oh, <laughs> not that noise. This wow. is getting bad. Okay, anyway, that's when Danny has that big moment where she's very much standing up to him and she's playing her role as the bait and she really comes out of her own and is not a helpless person at that point. Mm -hmm. And they get the Rev-9 on the ropes and they're... Well, more like in the spinny fast machine thing. <laughs> mm -hmm. And they... We're pushing him into there, and I. This was a moment that my heart broke for the T eight hundred because he not only gets him into that machine, but he continues to put his body into the machine more to make sure he's good and in there, mm -hmm. putting himself at risk. And Grace grabs him and is trying to pull him out, and he's looking at them like he does have a moment of yeah. He's just like, oh gosh, maybe this wasn't a good idea. But the whole place explodes, and Grace is. Mortally wounded. Mortally wounded. And she had previously pointed out to Danny there was the fail-safe plan that if all else failed, she could take the power source that's inside of her and Danny could use it to take out the Rev-9 or at least incapacitate it. No, take him out. That was the plan because when Danny sent Grace back, that was always the mission, she said. We knew I oh. wasn't coming back. I had it in me all along. So Danny had to like finish off i didn't notice that when yeah. watching the movie she said that no grace tells her like this was the mission all along i wasn't coming back okay so danny finds grace that's all beaten up and at this point sarah's stalking around the place 
looking for the Rev-9 and she starts hearing noises and she points out to Danny, it's not dead yet. Like Mm -hmm. we got to do something. And they see Carl over there is shut down and looks like he's out. So Sarah's like getting ready to do a last stand and Danny starts taking out the power source and Sarah gets gets beaten up. Yeah. Yeah. Which she tried, but he leapt out, out of the fire at her and it's a, disheveled version of the terminator me of at that moment the way he was walking and the way he looked it reminded me of thriller no there are no strings on me (laughs) pinocchio no (laughs) from avengers ultron yeah i don't know why he had very ultron-y yeah he he did have that look about him he should have said something really quippy at that moment But she, Danny does end up nailing him after a little confrontation. She gets it on his head. And and then, of course, Sarah comes too. And it's like Danny, the Rev-9, and then the Terminator taking a nap. And she's like, (laughs) Carl, wake up and help her. They're like an old married couple at that point. Like, get out of bed and go do that. I do like their relationship, how it blossomed. Like, he protected her that one point on the plane when he was shooting at her. And he just totally took sarah and like hugged her to his chest and used himself as a Mm -hmm. shield and she's like get off of me (laughs) she stands in the way of the bullet she'd rather do that than Ah, be held by him i don't need no man yeah so the t-800 wakes up and you see his old terminator programming all fuzzy i loved the rev 9 had a really advanced scanning system when you got his perspective and so did grace and so did grace but the terminator was like still operating on windows 95 <laughs> it was awesome that was great so it's all foggy but he was able to help danny and he pins down and eventually throws the rev 9 down into this pit and they both um, get... and he's just like i love how he's just he keeps reaching for the thing and carl keeps grabbing him and pushing him him down just like nope nope it's like fighting any toddler (laughs) (laughs) you're going to bed (laughs) and the toddler starts clawing at your flesh and tearing it away you know that's reasonable Mm -hmm. and then it goes off and you see the melted form of the rev 9 and the melted form of oh and he goes and he's scanning he's like system fatal system fatal and then Yeah, when he was falling down that pit, I wonder if they did this on purpose, but like as he was falling down before they went to the shot where he was oh, lying Oh, I know there, where you're going with this. His thumb was extended for like a brief second. I don't think so. That was that was very reminiscent of I think of that is you Judgment searching. Day. Well, them falling into that pit and him sacrificing, sacrificing himself. himself yeah, which... which I think this movie in general, a lot of it does fall into the same storyline of judgment day speaking of the same storyline because that is essentially the end of the movie did they stop no they they don't they didn't stop legion so i feel like they did set up for a sequel which i think james cameron when he wanted to make this movie Mm -hmm. there was a couple things he did say like he wanted this to complete the franchise and he also said yeah they made all those other movies and he didn't say it directly but he wasn't the biggest fan of them um and he was like yeah those movies don't exist they're alternate timelines so (laughs) they i guess they don't not exist but they're just their own things they Mm -hmm. they're not part of his story so when he went to make this movie, I feel like it was a huge close-up for him especially because he also wanted it to 
have the feel of the first few movies, even down to like the rated R-ness of the movie here, which did this movie really need to they be said, rated R? They said a lot. They did. Did they need to though? Yeah, I'm sorry. If there's a super monster robot thing coming to kill me, I'm going to say I would use other choice words. I wouldn't. I'd say, oh, darn tootin'. I don't know, Kay. <laughs> you are clearly not in this movie. But do you think that this movie undercutted Sarah? You know, her her entire, her her mission, she was successful in what she was trying to do. She saved everybody from the original Judgment Day. She right. stopped Skynet. But to the sacrifice of losing her son, who was who she was supposed to protect... I feel like how this movie played yeah. that off was, yeah, she wasn't going to be this huge savior to everybody because what she prevented... Never happened. It never happened. So she never got the credit. So, she, yeah, she never got the credit. So, well, keep but her son. it was, I think it was very apparent by her character that she was okay with that. And she was very upset she had to lose her son after all this and nobody knows, like, what he potentially could have been. But I think her journey with Carl and her kind of understanding that he lived on and his life was to protect this woman and this boy. If it wasn't for him, they wouldn't have been saved mm. themselves. So for her, it's kind of like, yeah, what happened to me was very unfortunate. What happened to John was horrible and that's mm -hmm. my life. But I saved three billion people. Yes. And also, and like, now I have to save this girl that's in my my shoes here. It's my true. responsibility. And they say that heart wrenching moment where she's just this hard bass, and then, you know, after she meets Carl, they humanize her when they go off into the woods, and she's like, you know, I never took a picture of my son because I thought if there was they didn't know what he looked like, they couldn't come for him. And she's like, now I'm saying I can't remember what he looks like, and it's just like how heartbreaking so i know a lot of there's been criticism that this movie kind of undermined the character but i don't know like should she have been the one to sacrifice to save the rev nine or i don't mm, know yeah i don't know what do you all think yeah, what do you all think out I'll there throw it out into the internet with the ais and legion will come back and yeah. be like sarah kata what was do you not think, that good computer? person well what do you say Kay? Should we saunter out of the peanut gallery and get into some good old fights? Yeah. Let's get into some competition here. Mm -hmm. I'm ready. I'm back. I had a week off. I'm rusty. I'm ready to get that ring rust off. Dun 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 dun. Yeah. So before we go into our next two segments, E, how about we go over some of the responses from the Ghostbusters episode? Yeah, I'd love it. You weren't part of this episode here, so... Well, I'm going to take a coffee break. Deuces! <laughs> okay, enjoy your coffee break. All right, let's go over some of the responses from the Instagram fans, Facebook fans, and Twitter fans. Our first question we had on Instagram and Twitter was, what is your favorite scene from Ghostbusters? On Twitter, we had our friends at Fanboy and the Hater said the human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria scene. I understand that reference. Said the elevator scene is one of the most perfect scenes in film history. I super agree, Cap. It gets story, character, and laughs all in one, as does the scene where they leave the bank. Everyone gets a moment and the laugh, and it drives the story. I adore this film. Oh, I couldn't agree more. Three hours later, another Pod Nation buddy said the scene uh, with Slimer in it, where he goobers Bill Murray. Poor fella. 
Bring on the weird, says Egon, revealing to Ray and Venkman that crossing the streams would be bad. Love that too. Trivial Theater said, I don't know why, but the whole series of scenes between Rick Moranis Sigourney Weaver always make me smile. Are you the gatekeeper? Are you the key master? Friends and Flares said the scene where they get zapped and then Winston points out to Ray that when someone asks you if you're a god, you say yes. Better than Robin Hood said the opening scene is still actually spooky. I would agree. Do you remember that scene, E? Have you seen Ghostbusters? I don't really think I've seen the whole one, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's something me and T talked about, where we watched the VHS version our parents recorded from TV, so we missed out on a lot of stuff. Binge Movie said the scene with Ray choosing the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man as their version of destruction. Talk Filmy to Me podcast said the scene where they say, and I quote, and the flowers are still standing. So the ballroom scene. Q Phase says the end of the world scene where... Ray and Winston are discussing revelations. They also enjoyed the scene where all the ghosts bust out across New York and start causing havoc. Too many captions said, see you on the other side, Ray. Chris PF35 said, Beckman collecting the ectoplasm from the library when he gets it in his eye. Sticky. On to our next question. If you had to choose the form of the destructor, what would you choose? So on Instagram, JoeLand87 said a giant rubber duck, like the one that was in Pittsburgh a few years ago. All you need is a really sharp object. KN Hanlon said my first answer is a soccer bopper. That was so cool back in the day. My second option is a hostess cake. The IMDb Journey on Twitter said Kirby. That would be adorable, <laughs> except I'd be worried that he would instantaneously just open his mouth and suck up all the residents of New York City. Zenless Popcorn said the KFC double down regular size. I'm hungry. <laughs> Once again, our friends at Fanboy and the Hater said Casper the Friendly Ghost. Just don't cross the streams or it will morph into the unbeatable Pac-Man level 256 version of Blinky. Pinky, Inky, and Clyde. Ugh, spooky. The History Cash Podcast said, Hmm, Giant Pikachu? Terrifying. Top five for fighting podcast. Oh, like the band. Said, a cheeseburger. And then, honey, you should watch this. Oh, it's our mirror podcast. I love these guys. Um, they said, alcohol would be nice. Who is your favorite Ghostbuster was our next question. On Instagram, we had Kinky Carrot said Bankman. XMarcel29 said Bankman. I used to watch this said Bankman for sure. Miss Magic Main said Egon, of course, but the dynamics of the group make all of them more endearing and enduring. JoeLand87 said Bankman, but I'm actually a lot like Stance. The Enchantress said C. Heather Ramis Spangler, aww said Egon Hart. Of course he did. Floyd's 917 said Egon. Gareth Galloway said, can't choose. They all bring something so great to this, this film. True. Peter Hoffman 24 said Egon or Vankman. And K.N. Hanlon said tied between A and C, which is Egon and Stance Ray. All right. So those were the responses on Instagram. On Twitter, we ran a poll. We had in, ooh, we had a tie. In third place, we had Winston Zedmore at 10%. At second place, we had Egon Spangler and Ray Stance, both at 24%. 
and then Peter Venkman at 42%. So that was a close call. Better Than Robin Hood on Twitter said, gotta go with Venkman. And then I understood that reference said, how is Ray so low? Yeah, I don't know why Ray kind of hung out so low for a while, but we we picked it up. We We came together and brought him forward here all right next question is how would you rate this movie how would you rate ghostbusters on instagram bronic karanga um must have loved it because there's like 47 loves in here i'm trying to see if this is in some sort of pattern it's beautiful either way peter hoffman said uh fire absolute fire just fire emojis there bromax burt hart 2271987 said thumbs up Lithman Carlson said two thumbs up. The Geek Collection 15, one of my favorites. Ryan Holland 4 said, I wish I had 10 hands so I could give this movie 20 thumbs up. Joe Land 87 said, I love this movie. I used to run around my house with a pink backpack and a vacuum hose pretending I was a Ghostbuster. The lines are easily quotable. The acting is great and it gave us the Ghostbusters song. 10 out of 10. On Twitter, we had Time Shifters Podcast from Pod Nation said, This is my number one no lie favorite film. I have watched it again, no lie, hundreds of times. I know every beat and every line, and it never stops being awesome. On a scale of one to 10, I give it a 12. Bring on the Weird said, What is not to love about the Ghostbusters, movies, cartoons, and games? Did you know there is a location based Ghostbusters mobile game similar to Pokemon Go? Can you believe that? That is awesome. We also did a poll on Twitter and 76% of people said love it and 24% just said it was okay. So pretty good rating. And also we had a couple more comments here. I understand that reference said one of my favorite films of all time and better than Robin Hood said one of the best comedies ever made. Nice. Our last question was what is your favorite line from Ghostbusters? On Instagram, we had Stephen James Milia said, are you, Alice, menstruating right now? CMSXT? Come sixth. Hope that's saying that right. Suck in the guts, guys. We're the Ghostbusters. KJ Pesky Artist said the line, I've quit better jobs than this from Janine. McGuire.Shane said, This chick is toast or I collect spore, molds, and fungus. Great lines. The Canadian 000 said, What did you do, Ray? It's the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. And Rudanian said, you didn't say the magic word. Well, nice selections, guys. So be sure, everyone, to join us next time when we do some posts on Terminator Dark Fate. So if that movie was enough action for you, how about we jump on into our segment, I Hate It When They Fight. I did indeedy. Okay. So with a lot of the changes to our podcast, we were just fine-tuning a few things, and I thought we could do something new with this E. So previously, we just picked a topic to fight about, and we just fought about it. But there was really no driving force to win besides the praise and glory of holding the belt, the I'm always right belt. Which looks good around my waist. Here's the new plan. Let me, let me know what you think about this. So what we're going to do is we're going to pick a subject, but... Who gets to pick the subject is the winner from the previous week. Uh, so, for example, Titanic, you won that debate that we should not get on Titanic 2. Correct. 
So you get to choose the question this week and you also get to pick the response first. That way it leaves the other person the maybe the not as good of response here. Okay. Such as what's another example? Of, let's just get into it. Let's uh, roll. Let's oh wait, let, let's do this. Who is the most attractive person in Titanic? Like you would say Billy Zane, and then I would be stuck to say any of the other mediocre people that is in that movie. So do you get that? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes. All right. Okay. So that means you get to choose the question for this episode. So what is the question we will face today? Is Terminator Dark Fate more similar to the first Terminator or T2 Judgment Day? Okay. All right. Because we're in kind of this era of reboots of movies where it's like a new script, but kind of following of previous movies. So let's see. Um, so I won. Mm-hmm. You won the last one, so you get to pick your response first. Do you want to just hop right into it and not tell me which one you're going to go with? And then I'll have to figure it out as oh, you're no. talking. Well, no, I'm going to pick okay. my response. I think it is more like T1. Okay. So, but I got to pick my position. I want you to go first. No. Oh, that's how that's... I interpret it. So not only do I get to pick my position, but I get to pick the order of the debate. No, because yes. the person who no, lost no, no. needs some sort better. of advantage. No, they don't. They don't. They need to win the fights. That's too much. No, it's not. Okay, we'll do it. Fine. Rules yeah. as we go. This so, is Calvin Ball, ladies and so gentlemen. So you have to debate why you feel this movie follows T2 better. On your mark, get set. So Terminator 2 is just like Dark Fate here because it has the same sort of characters in it. It has that younger person who is the savior. It has that bad A woman who is the same exact woman, Sarah Connor. And then it has the partial machine in this case protecting them here. You just had to add the other T-800, which is like a little extra T-800 from the second one. It has all the awesome elements of T-2 and it makes a great action flick with some funny parts in it as opposed to the first one. You like that? You mm -hmm. like what I said? It, it, All it. right. Okay, so you're going to get 30 seconds. Ready? And go. So in its essence, the plot of the movie is we send back something to kill this person that's going to be the problem of the resistance. It is exactly like T1. They send back the first Terminator to kill Sarah Connor. They send back a human to protect her. In this movie, they send back the Rev 9 to go kill Danny. Then they send the augmented human back to go fix her. So it's the same plot. They're not trying to save the kid they're trying to like protect the savior and a few extra seconds left mm, i don't need them <laughs> all right two minute fight let's get it on so i think it i still think it's like more like t1 because it's still we gotta go back and get rid of the resistance yeah but terminator 2 is about preventing the whole thing from happening and that's as much as what she's trying to do in but this they one didn't prevent the whole thing from happening they just kept her alive to start the resistance which is exactly what they did in t1 well they were trying to keep john alive in the second one and john's character they stopped judgment day in the second one they did not stop judgment day in the first one nor did they stop it in dark fate Sure, they didn't stop the actual thing in Dark Fate, but the characters that are in this more replicated and the chase scenes and also too the Rev 9 was almost it, he was so similar to the T-1000 with some different elements as opposed to just the Terminator who was just this machine that just lumbered after them. The T-1000 and the Rev 9 are 
these unexplainable things that it seems like nothing can absolutely stop them. But if we're going at the plot, it's Terminator 1 repeated. It, it might have some of those plot features of plot Terminator 1, Terminator but 1. I mean, it's like it's not just about that necessarily because all the movies have the same thing that the idea of they're being pursued by this thing that's trying to prevent prevent this person from creating a resistance um, and creating something to stop the machines. They're. The thing that makes it the same is the characters. The characters, the are, characters so are so similar to T2. You, you have Danny, who is Sarah Connor, who didn't know she was part of the resistance, and then she rises up at the end and becomes the person she's meant to be. That's exactly what Sarah Connor did in T1. But there was no Sarah Connor in T1. So there was no one not. to play that role except for herself in this. Like, just look at my board over Stop. here. <laughs> oh, oh, Ooh, two minutes right exactly. Here. Nice. Bada bing, All right, bada so boom. do I get a 10 second rebuttal? No, you get a 10 second rebuttal. Ready, set, go. Oh, so uh, it's more like Terminator 2 because it has the same characters. It also has some of the same elements of that movie, including the humor, drama, and love story. Okay, love story. There wasn't a love story in it. Mark, set, go. It's all like T1 because basically every Terminator movie has the same plot. So they're all like T1 because they just repeat the same plot. I don't know. I well, know. we'll have to see what all of you think out there on the Twitterverse and Instagramverse, if that's a thing. So make sure to fill in your answer at WSWWatch Podcast on Twitter and on Instagram and Facebook. You can chime in your response at What Should We Watch Podcast at Facebook and Instagram.com here. Mm-hmm. Or email us, text us, let us know you what you think. Let me know that I was right. Before we start the quiz section for this week, let's go over the last were you paying attention responses here. And the question was, what is the Ghostbusters phone number? The answer, 555-2368. The winner on Twitter is our friends at Two Drunk Moms Podcast. So well done, guys. We also have to give a shout out to uh, Peter Hoffman, 24, on Instagram said 5558 five, something so close and then i do have to give a shout out to my buddies over at friends and flares podcast one of our friends had a shirt on when we put this up that specifically had not only the ghostbusters phone number on it but so many references it was this awesome t-shirt showing donkey kong style ghostbusters thing going on and the picture it said so many things about the movies including the 22nd floor reference different ghosts throughout the movie but up at the top the score was the ghostbusters phone number so yeah i have to give it to you guys as well too so that is two drunk moms podcast and friends and flares podcast on twitter and then on instagram peter.hoffman24 so check them out guys well done so let's get to quizzing for this week all right, since I'm back in the hot... No, you're in the hot seat. Yeah. I'm in the saddle. I'm in the, I'm in the potato seat. Our next segment, Were You Paying Attention? Cue that music. All right, first question. I'm ready. How many Terminator outfit steals did Grace do in the movie? Crap. Like what? How many different outfits did she go How into? How many Terminator outfit steals did she do where she takes the clothes from somebody? Oh, two. 
There's the detention center. Mm-hmm. And the first one. And then the first one. There was a third? When she goes into the factory, she beats up the security guard and puts on the security guard outfit. Oh, I know when the third one is. It's when she goes in the factory and she beats up the security guard yeah, and she takes the security you guard. Get that one right. I got it right. What was the T eight hundred watching on TV when the women showed up at his house? Football. Football. American football. What is the slogan on the van for Carl's drapery business? Hint, it's a play off of one of the famous catchphrases from the movie. Come with me if you want to drape. Do you want to drape forever? Wait, it's coming. Think, think the famous lines and think what drapes do. Stand up, soldier. Stand up, drapes. <laughs> Give up. I'll be draped? I don't know. We'll never leave you hanging. Uh... Okay. All right. That's Speaking great. of Carl's drapery business. The phone number on Carl's van is the date Kyle Reese goes back in time. What is the number? It starts with 888. What date did Kyle Reese go back in time? Crap. <laughs> so it was in July. No. October? Nope. Oof. Two down, time to go. <laughs> uh, he came back in May. Yes. So May is... Five. Mm-hmm. So do I have to say the rest of the... Yeah, it's the oh. phone number. May 9th? No, we're not playing this game. May 4th, be with you? No. Give up? I give up. 5-12-1984. Ah, mm -hmm. 1984. What was the name of Danny's dog? Oh, shoot. Oh, it's Taco. Taco. Because they said Taquito. Who is Danny's brother going to pass on YouTube? Bruno Mars, baby. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> How many years was Sarah Connor hunting Terminators? 25 years. 30 years. Ooh. 22 years. 22 years. Who was Grace protecting when she said she wanted to become an augment? The general. And the general was Danny. Maybe Danny. I didn't Danny. catch that. I think it was Danny. Oh. I'm not sure. What does Danny ask to steal from the vendor at the market? Was it mango? Was mango. Yes! Woo! What brand of potato chip bag was Sarah Connor hiding her cell phone in? Oh, I know the answer to this one. It is a ruffle cheddar and onion tomato bag. <laughs> What's a tomato bag? Potato chip bag. Tomato chip tomato bag. Tomato chip. It's ruffles. Nice. That's the brand. How'd I do? I got them all right. No, You're you right. You oh, I'm so right. proud. Of it. Thanks. You I'm did so it. proud of me. All right, Kay. What do you say? Should we wrap a nice, neat little bow on this one? Yeah. Let's go ahead and tell them our reviews for this movie. So I saw someone else on the internet mention this, but this movie I feel like would also be my third favorite. Terminator movie. Mm. It would be T2, the first one, and then this one. I feel like it does outshine a lot of the other Terminator movies that ended up coming out, but it uh, still didn't quite have the magic of the original ones, and I don't think it ever could capture yeah. that. But it was nice to see Serakana, and it was nice to see all the little touches that were brought to you probably by James Cameron. So nice. I would have to say that this movie is T1000 because it's 
great and awesome with a little bit of gooiness on the inside. Aww. I enjoyed this movie, and I would say this movie is if Charlie Angels and the Terminator franchise had a baby and got it right. Oh, I like that. You know what? Let's add one more thing. We're going to add something into our show here. Because of the title of our show, What Should We Watch? We have to tell everybody out there, what should you watch? Would you say they should watch this movie? Yeah, but I think you should watch it knowing you're watching a Terminator movie. Mm-hmm. Like, suspend the timeline because you're going to get a migraine. And just enjoy it for the slash and hack and punch Arnold comes back with Linda Hamilton. Yeah, it's. I agree. Yes, you should watch this movie. It's great fun. Go see it in theaters or wait till it comes out in movie if you don't want to spend all that money to go see it in the theaters. Just check it out sometime. It's great. Mm-hmm. I definitely think it shines over a lot of the other Terminator movies that have come oh, out yes. over the years. Okay, so speaking of what should we watch, Kay, it's your turn. What should we watch? It is my turn. Mm-hmm. So we are going into the holiday season here. It's and... a holiday season. Okay, too early. <laughs> but... <laughs> We're going into the holiday season. We can't start with all that yet. But anyway. So what we should watch next time is the Thanksgiving 24 hours a day special. What? A Christmas story. No, wait a minute. No, that's not it. Wait. I have said it. It is now written in stone. No, 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 no. And guess what? We're going to watch it on Thanksgiving for 24 hours straight. Wait, you dummy. They play it 24 hours straight on Christmas, not Thanksgiving. They play it 24 hours straight on Thanksgiving Day. No, they don't. They play it on Christmas Day. Are you kidding me? Quick internet search. No, they they play a Christmas story on Christmas, you ding dong. Christmas Eve at 8 p.m. Fudge. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So anyway, our next episode will be coming out after Thanksgiving. And the movie will be A Christmas Story. (laughs) You are so proud of yourself. All right. Thank you all for joining us. We hope you enjoyed yourself. Someone's enjoying themselves over there. We will see you all next time. Bye. You know I have feelings. Oh, I think I'm gonna throw up.